He's a rehab doctor from Chicago. She's an emergency medicine doctor from the Twin Cities. Together, we're examining the health equity emergency. Inviting voices for change without the cue cards. I'm Dr. Carrie Haley. I'm Dr. Stephen Jackson. And And this this is Off the the Charts. Welcome to our show. Uh, Just want to give a shout out to all our our listeners. Thank you for your support. And uh, thank you for just giving us an opportunity to do what we love to do. And that's talk about important things. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. If As you've listened to all these episodes, please, if you have recommendations, thoughts, um, ideas, please send them to us. Our email address is offthecharts at healthpartners.com. We are blessed and excited to be sitting down with Sarah Bellamy, who is the president of Penumbra Center for Racial Healing. And we also have Camille Sipring, who is the wellness director also of the Penumbra Center for Racial Healing. Welcome, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for Pleasure having to us. Be here. So we talk a lot about affecting the community and uh, being impactful. Uh, you know, we come from a large healthcare organization, and you know, we we want to be intentional about not you know missing on uh, affecting those that we serve. And uh, you guys also impact the community, and we're very excited about that. So. So tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the things that and some of the ways that you have affected the community and even your drive and your and your vision. That's a big question. So I'm going to buckle up and listen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think maybe one of the places to start is to really think about Penumbra's origins as a theater company and as one of many, many black theater companies that were formed out of a period in the 60s and 70s called the Black Arts Movement. Part of the tenets of that movement was that the work created on our stages should be by, for, about, and near the people that it represents. And so Penumbra Theater was founded at the Hallie Q. Brown Martin Luther King Center 46 years ago. And uh, part of our engagement with the community, with the historic Rondo community there, is to be accountable for what we put on our stages to make sure that we're in conversation with community and that we're presenting honest, loving, and also sometimes critical depictions of Black life and culture for us to be able to witness and and share in. And so that same spirit, I think, will guide the work that we're doing as we evolve into the Center for Racial Healing. Accountability to our community is really essential. So any impacts that we hope to engender, I think, around racial healing work needs to be informed by what community says they need. Mm -hmm. And so as part of our evolutionary process, we've been engaging in a long-term community needs assessment that just really tries to hear how people are learning to not just survive, but thrive in an environment that is, you know, um, saturated with with, um, some really problematic issues, including uh, racism. You know, so that's, I think, a a sort of a general look at it. Camille, I don't know if you want to speak to this at all, a little bit about community process and how we engage with folks about the needs they may have. Well, I think you you mentioned the community needs assessment. I, I think that just being in conversation and in relationship with community is really key for us. 
and informing our, our programming that will be coming forward, as well as identifying like what in, in my situation as a wellness director, what does wellness mean for the community? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some of the needs that the community has, the d- desires that the community has for mm-hmm. wellness um, and being responsive um, to that as well. So that's the only thing that I would add. Mm-hmm. What kind of tools are you thinking about using or putting out there for the community as the center for racial healing? Because I, I hear that and I'm like, oh, there's so many, so many ways you could take that or so many ways that you can think about that. What are some of the specific things that you are planning or hoping to do going forward? Absolutely. Yeah. So our our postulate or our theory of change suggests that when you take the arts, equity and wellness and merge them together, you have the potentiality for racial healing work. The arts really help people dream big, express themselves, find authentic voice, all of those things that are really core to our sense of identity and sense of self, both culturally and in other ways. Equity ensures that you know we are, we are not just dealing with individuals, but we're also focusing on systems change. So the wellness aspect really helps to power people up, I think, and make people mm-hmm. feel more resilient feel a sense of belonging mm-hmm. at our at our location and inside community. And then, you know, those equity programs are going to drive them toward being change agents in in community. So that's really the triumvirate sort of relationship. And for us, the trick now is each of our directors, including Camille, has their own work stream mm-hmm. in arts, wellness, and equity. But there's also collaborative programs where all of it sort of comes together holistically. And you know, this is a fairly new team of directors. They've just joined us and they're already, you know, having some really juicy conversations about what can happen at that dynamic intersection of those three. We call them rivers at Penumbra. I like rivers. the visual. I like the river. I like, I like the river. I like the vision of the river. So what what I love about what you guys are saying is, you know, you, you ask the community, you know, what, what wellness is to them. And you sort of inform the community about, you know, what productions are coming up or what what we're trying to depict in upcoming productions. And what I hear is partnership. And I see a lot of direct parallels with, you know, how you guys are partnering and how we are attempting to partner as a healthcare organization. Because when I think about theater, and I know that's not all that you guys do at Penumbra, but when I think about theater, I think about an opportunity to tell a story from a unique perspective uh, especially a true story that can be misconstrued or maybe over time not true. So it's an opportunity to tell the truth about another person's perspective. And I feel like that's kind of what we try to do in healthcare. You know, when people come to the doctor's office, I mean, I can I can enter the, the room with my script and I can say, nice to meet you, see you in six months. Or I can give patients and families an opportunity to tell their story because I think in doing that, creates, you know, a bond. It creates trust, which we often talk about on this podcast. How important is building trust, uh, particularly uh, in, in, in the fields that you guys find yourselves in? Yeah, when you when you were talking about partnership and and trust, it made me think about something that's very foundational to Penumbra, even in my short experience, which is 
the idea of ensemble or the the community of being an ensemble, which I'm mm-hmm. sure you all as medical providers can um, <laughs> can uh, resonate with, right? So sure. even the convergence of the three rivers and how we will come together in arts, equity, and wellness, it's about the ensemble um, and how we work together, how we trust one another, how we build our culture to to benefit, I think, the work, the racial healing work that we're we're trying to do. So that's that's what came to mind for me, Sarah. Yeah, I, I love that. I also feel like trust is really engendered most powerfully when it's clear that everyone is vulnerable in the space to some extent, right? Mm-hmm. When we don't acknowledge power dynamics that are at play, that's when trust feels can feel forced or it can be withheld and reasonably so, you know. I think especially when you are in a sort of a differential situation where someone has more knowledge possibly about you mm-hmm. <laughs> than you know <laughs> or different knowledge about you than right. you know. <laughs> Figuring out a way to talk to each other and meet each other in a way where there's reciprocity, which is a huge pillar of what Camille's uh, vision adheres to, is is really critical. And so I think part of what we're trying to do is just create enough safety around the work so that people feel comfortable being just a little more vulnerable, Mm -hmm. understanding that there is tremendous reward there when it's a responsibly held container. Too often, I think when we're vulnerable, we get slapped down or injured, and then we kind of clam up. And yep. and of course, mm-hmm. humans yep. are going to be, you know, we we have a survival instinct that's really deep and profound and amazing. So um, we take those lessons. But I heard this beautiful quote the other day, and I can't attribute it, so I'm sorry about that. But it was it was the the idea was we have to stop imagining the future by remembering the past. And I think that there's something really, really powerful in that. And what's critically important for us to remember at Penumbra is our past is not done. Our past is present. Our past is living. Mm -hmm. The issues that are endemic in this country are still harming folks. Yes. And there's this want, this amnesia in, in the United States, I think a collective amnesia to want to kind of just push things under the rug and move forward. And then we find ourselves presented with the same issues again and again and again. And so part of how we balance that idea of not not over-determining our future, being open to possibility, is saying the best way to do that is to reckon with the past, right? Mm-hmm. To bravely face it and understand how it's it's um, determining this this moment that we're in but that doesn't mean that it needs to determine the future. So one of the the aspects of sort of theoretical thought that um, grounds us is the idea of the Sankofa, which is a West African Adinkra symbol. And it's a bird with an egg in its beak and it's looking back over its body. And the idea is a step forward always should begin with a glance back. So let's hmm. remember where we've been, but let's not replicate our past in the future, let's use that that's that knowledge and that understanding and that brave reckoning mm-hmm. with where we've been to build a bolder, braver, more compassionate, more just future. And perhaps not make the same kind of errors and mistakes. And you know, they say if you're doing the same thing, expecting a different result, that's the definition of insanity. That's Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. Yep. You know, so 
interestingly enough, as I mean, because again, I'm hearing a lot of direct parallels with kind of what we do and what you guys are doing, particularly in the impact. You know, I have people in my own family because of, you know, historic trauma and because of personal historic trauma. They'll go see Dr. Haley, who's an ER doctor, as their primary doctor. In other words, they won't seek health care until it's an emergent situation and understanding that there is a need to build trust gaps and there is a need to, again, be vulnerable because you must have been reading our notes because we talk about power dynamics a lot on this podcast too. <laughs> but, you know, when, when I walk into a room, you know, I'm standing, there's a good chance the person I'm seeing is sitting or lying. I'm fully clothed. They might be in a gown. I get to go home. They're going to stay, you know, so there's a, there are probably 10 to 15 power dynamics automatically before I even open my mouth. So uh, one of the things that we think about is just having having that wherewithal, you know, that understanding that this is where we are when I walk into that room. And, I, and, and, and knowing that ahead of time, I think, sets up for a positive interaction. And again, building a, a relationship built on trust, which is, you know, one of our, our, our values or visions uh, as a healthcare organization here. If you could write it down, and this is going to be an interesting question, so I'm warning you, so buckle up. <laughs> All right. So if you could write this down, what is the impact that you guys want to have on the community you serve? What, what does that impact look like? What does the result of that look like? One of the things that I think we really need to help people broadly understand, it's in pockets of certain sectors right now, but broadly understand, is that sustaining racism is directly related to chronic illness, right? When mm -hmm. we, and this is called weathering, you know, uh, <laughs> that when we experience uh, the stress response system constantly getting turned on over and over and over again because we're living under fear of threat or terror or whatever it is, which is a real, both real and perceived experience uh, for people of color living within the United States, that, you know, that is a socially determined health issue. And so are there ways that we can, A, create more understanding about the connections between racism and heart disease and diabetes and, you know, all kinds of different um, mental health conditions that can addiction, depression, all these things and, and build that awareness so that we are in a sensibility around racism. That's not just individual to individual, right? Mm -hmm. Like that person mm -hmm. was rude to me or only at the systems level, right? Like uh, the, the ceilings that we hit, but that it's also interpersonal. It's between us. And, so I think understanding the, the correlations between racism, experiencing it, and the, you know, the social determinants of health is really, really critical. Part of the work that we're wanting to do at Penumbra is to build more resiliency, especially working with young ones, ages 2 you know, to 22, helping them understand how they can monitor their bodies and learn how to manage stress and mm -hmm. you know because we can't take them out of the environments that they exist within right. but we can add resiliency right. strategies to them so that's part of it the other piece that's really important that penumbra is committed to engaging is helping white identifying folks understand that racism also is toxic for them and 
that is a conversation that I think a lot of people, when they hear us talk about racial healing, and certainly we are a Black organization, we will always center the Black experience and attend to Black community. But we have to work together. You know, we, you can't just have one cultural group trying to affect this change. It's got to be all in, you know. And so when we think about the ways in which white folks may be experiencing detrimental outcomes because of racism within our society, there's work for them to do as well. It's it's intellectual, it's spiritual, it's emotional, it's somatic. And I think that part of what we're trying to figure out right now as we're designing different programs is how we create safety for all of the groups when they're engaging with one another. So that like, um, I'm trying to remember the term for it, horizontal hostility doesn't actually come up and accidentally injure someone. Or if I'm doing my own work and I'm really sort of clumsy in speaking about race, mm -hmm. that I'm not, because of my inexperience, harming another person in that room. So we're really trying to figure out how we can create an environment where where we can do this work in parallel ways. Does that make sense? It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. We talk a lot about grace. We talk about, you know, giving space for you know, having, you know, delicate conversations. And, I, you know, obviously when when one talks about race and even lived experiences, they can relive some of those things and, and, and it becomes, you know, uh, volatile at times. And so, but I think, again, preparing an environment, preparing a forum, a space, a format, et cetera, where those conversations can be had and where lived experiences can be shared, I think that's when you can come to a mutual understanding and, and all parties walk away educated and, and prepared for the next, you know, conversation. So. Do you want to add to that? Yeah. I was thinking about two kind of two things. And the first is kind of the reclamation and reconnecting of ancestral ways of being and knowing practices that come from our cultures, our histories that we can um, reconnect to in order to help us with those resiliency strategies as a part of those resiliency strategies in ways that are um, culturally affirming for the folks that are engaging in the practice and the work. And I think, you know, when you get to the essence of it, we're talking about rehumanizing folks, you know, doing the work in order to um, rehumanize ourselves, right? Because there are systems that tell people of color or other um, marginalized identities that you are less than. And we take that on for ourselves, but we also take that on, as Sarah was talking about, amongst ourselves or between ourselves. And so I see this work as the work of rehumanizing um, both ourselves as well as others. I really like that. I think that, you know, we've talked a little bit about it before too, like that it's not a zero sums game and just really trying to find that common ground that we have as people and connect with others on that level and that, you know, building that trust, as you said, or making being that little bit of vulnerability is so important in order to move forward in our conversations. So I think, you know, what you're doing in the community is really laying really good framework and groundwork really to continue to build up from that. And I'm hopeful that, you know, partnership with healthcare organizations or other community members, um, community organizations is something that can help foster that and bring it, you know, more of an equitable health, overall health, you know, art, physical, everything's connected to the citizens of the community. So 
what you're doing, I think, is instrumental in doing that. Absolutely. I've um I've had the the pleasure of seeing weathering, and also, um, I mean, it's, it's it doesn't give it just when you say seeing, but really experiencing, and even experiencing uh, the presentation on George Floyd. I mean, it was very very mm-hmm. impactful. I mean, and I'm just one person. I'm just imagining how many people have walked away. Just it's almost like wow. I don't even know what to say. I'm just going to go chew on that for next year or so. <laughs> With that being said, you know, um, what what would you say is what what's next? And I and I've kind of I've kind of asked questions like, you know, what kind of impact do you want to have? But you know, what direction uh, do you and Camille see yourselves going in? Because I mean, honestly, when you say Penumbra Center for Racial Healing. You can go any number of directions because there is such a need for racial healing, you know, from the historical perspective to the present day to, again, systems to interpersonal. It's just so much. So what direction do you guys see yourselves going presently and in the near future? Our hope is that the Penumbra Center for Racial Healing will be a powerful resource for our hyperlocal community, that people will feel like their membership in that community not only makes them more resilient, more connected. One of our directors, Christine Smith, always uses the term mastery, right? Having a sense of, I, I, I am expert in my experience, but now I have some tools to really have more agency in whatever environment I'm in. So that's part of it. But I also hope that the Center for Racial Healing will be a national beacon. I mean, Mm. this work is absolutely vital here in Minnesota, where there's so many intersecting disparities in sector after sector for black Mm -hmm. and brown folk. And there are regional differences, right? We are in a bit of a hot spot in uh, Minnesota, the Dakotas, Wisconsin, and Illinois. And there's very particular and endemic issues that are in that environment. But that's not necessarily the same as in, you know, the West Coast, the South. Yeah. Right. So right. what we want to do is be in fluid relationship with other geographies, with learning, with other uh, contexts. And so I'm hoping that this will be a place where people will come for inspiration from the arts. They'll come for retreat and rest and relaxation through the wellness programs to help um, you know, center our nervous systems and, and, and calm ourselves so we can hear ourselves and what we dream. And that we'll have some real practical tools that people can exercise here and take back to their own communities to implement change. It's very, very important that people understand that the Penumbra Center for Racial Healing has to exist within a nexus or a a constellation of community partners. We can't do this work alone. We don't want to. Mm -hmm. We need to build on the good work that's happening across sectors. And so the design of our programs is really intentional across four core areas where we hope to find deep partnership, health equity, education, criminal justice, and climate. And so you'll see a lot of our programs are going to start to fall within those sectors. We'll be looking for meaningful and deep partnerships where there's values alignment. But Hmm. we're not interested in those sort of one-off superficial relationships at this point because our capacity has to be invested so deeply to see the work really be transformative. Um, so where there's right alignment and, and mission and vision and values alignment, we're, we're really excited to um, explore and discover with others. Yeah, Ashe. Ashe to that, yes. Seriously, she kind of broke it down, didn't broke she? Broke it down. <laughs> I, 
I want to pivot just a little bit because I'm really interested in this, the wellness kind of your direction with the wellness, because I don't know about you, Steve, but when I think about wellness, I think about the mandatory things that I was assigned to watch to tell me about my wellness (laughs) or the lecture that I got about how to be well or take time and meditate for myself when in reality, that's nothing to do with my true wellness. Or not burnout. (laughs) (laughs) Or not, maybe adds to burnout. But um, so what, in your thoughts, like what does wellness mean to you? And what does, what is your envisionment for the community when it comes to wellness? Yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great question. Um, Today, (laughs) uh, (laughs) my, my definition of wellness Um, You know, I I would say that it is taking deliberate actions and creating the conditions for me to be my full self in a holistic way. And that, of course, is the physical piece of it, right? My my physiology, my actual body that I'm able to to move and work and um, continue to to walk in my purpose or calling in. Um, But there's also spiritual aspects of that, emotional aspects of that, mental aspects of that. Um, And I think for for the Black community and Penumbra Center for Racial Healing, there's also a communal um, aspect to that that is really important. And so as we're thinking about wellness, we're thinking about our own bodies um, in in its full expression of spirit and emotion and mental and physical, but also our collective body, our community. And I think that's a really important aspect of wellness and a lens of wellness that the um, Penumbra Center for Racial Healing holds. And it's like with what you guys present to the community and what you offer, you know, with, with obviously expertise, but compassion and just drive to make things better for everybody, you're actually offering collective wellness. You know, uh, when, when you say, uh, Sarah, you want uh, the Penumbra Center for Racial Healing to be a beacon, a national beacon. Well, I think of, you know, being in a dry desert and I'm walking to this beacon that has water and food, right? If I'm a person that's in need of healing, well, I'm going to Penumbra because I know, you know, they're they're reaching out to me. And I think that that's, um, I mean, that's the epitome of of impact. That's the epitome of, you know, making a, you know, a, a, the proverbial difference that we all want to make, but we're not just talking about it, we're being about it. And I just think that's powerful. You know, for me, you know, similar to what you said, Camille, wellness today, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, well, I think wellness, it's complicated, but it's not. In other words, you know, I think, particularly when you're thinking about community, I think that sometimes I try to keep it simple. There are things that we all need, you know, that sense of belonging, that that sense of community, that sense of purpose. You know, uh, we all need to be fed. We all need water. So sometimes you have to go basic. But I mean, there are so many factors that can affect your wellness. You know, I mean, I don't wake up in the morning hoping to be offended, hoping to have my day messed up by something that happens in traffic or et cetera, let alone, you know, uh, uh, an untimely death or, you know, police brutality or, you know, you, you fill in the blank. And so I think, you know, put it this way, I think there is job security, you know, in this room <laughs> because there's a lot of work to be done. And uh, I think that's usually where we you know, what we conclude when we when we have mm-hmm. conversations with so many people that we've talked to, there's a lot of work to be done. 
But I mean, that I think that feeds our purpose. It's like, well, I got something to do today and I'll have something to do next year and so on and so forth. So, And I think it's great that piece that you were talking about, Sarah, you know, that catching the partnering deeply with, with um, especially, you know, health and equity, education, um, the climate, police brutality. I mean, those are all things that are contributing to the wellness of the community and individuals. And I think that we can't I, I think that it's so important that you're doing that because, you know, one person or one aspect of life is not all of life in that hmm. encompassing everything is or trying to hit at least as many big points as you can will help build that whole, whole holistic wellness rather than just saying, well, cause, you know, like some people say, like, oh, the arts are healing. But what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And I think you're really hitting it on the head of what it, what that means. We're trying, you know, I mean, I think it's um, hmm. it's about taking the art to its absolute furthest extent to understanding that it opens up something really powerful and special in people and then nurturing what that what's been opened there with as many tools as we can. You know, the thing that I really want people to walk away understanding at a fundamental cellular level is that this work can be joyful. It can bring a greater sense of yourself and your belonging within community. And it will leave a legacy that is hopefully a better future. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's all reward. It's not to say it's not hard, but at the end of the day, the benefits so far outweigh the challenges that we have to walk through to get toward them. So that's yeah. what, that's what I'm really excited about. And that's what keeps me getting up every day. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. It's worth it. And again, yet another parallel because, you know, we, we were talking just not too long ago about how busy we've been, mm -hmm. you know, as a hospital and uh, just the obligations and, you know, the late nights, the early mornings. Uh, but when someone leaves the hospital or leaves your clinic feeling good about their care, feeling like, yeah, I, I can make it another few months. I can I can be OK. I can be well. Then it's like, yeah, OK. This was a good day and it was worth it. So I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that I could talk with you guys for much longer than the time we have allotted. But huge messages that I hear from you include, you know, just that sense of community, the importance of wellness and creating that vision that you have for um, the Penumbra Center for mm -hmm. Racial Healing. Did I get it right? Yes. Um <laughs> And I'm so thankful that you guys took the time to be here today because I have learned a lot. I hope to come see things and productions and participate um, as you grow your center. Yeah. For more information, you can visit www.penumbratheater.org and click around to see all of the events and resources that we have available on the website. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, this 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 was very meaningful. And I'm looking forward to, uh, again, like Dr. Haley said, looking forward to experiencing more of what you guys have to offer. Uh, it's powerful and impactful, and I want to be a part of something like that. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Off the Charts is a production of Health Partners and Park Nicollet. It is recorded by Jimmy Bellamy with creative by Peggy Arnson, Tina Long, Tim Myers, and Jeff Jondahl. Production services provided by Matriarch Digital Media. Our theme music is by Ryan Ike.